You are listening to the FCF Leadership Podcast. This podcast has been created to help you connect and achieve your destiny as a leader. For more information, visit our website at fcf.org. Hey everybody, it's Cookie Brothers with FCF International. I'm here and I'm so excited. I'm in St. Louis today and I get to spend some time with Pastor Nicole Crank. I'm so excited you're here. Hi everybody. <laughs> and I'm excited to be with somebody named Cookie because best first name on the whole planet, especially coming from somebody with last name of Crank. So <laughs> I'm married into that. It is no reflection on my personality. <laughs> I'm really glad. <laughs> Well, I want to uh, take a minute here and let you tell everybody, all of our listeners, exactly who you and Pastor David are, what you do here in St. Louis, the name of the church, and uh, everything that God's called you guys to do here. Sure. Um, well, my, I married a worship leader of a church and we got married 21 years ago. His dad had a church of about 180 people and he was going to pastor us forever and it was going to be awesome. I was in the secular world. His dad unexpectedly passed Mm -hmm. and we tried to just step in and be there for the 180 people. Mm -hmm. Um, within a year, God started giving us vision of what we were called to do. And that was in 2005. And in 2007, the church had grown from 180 to 2000 people. In 2008, we were called to plant another campus, and we didn't even know what that meant. We'd never heard of multi-site. Mm-hmm. We planted another church, and we grew 103% that year, so wow. we doubled that year. Um, we've Since then, we've planted two more campuses in St. Louis. God has called us to Florida. We've planted a first campus in Florida, and are in the process of opening our second campus this year in Florida, and then we've opened an online campus. So in 2004, we started with 180 people, one campus. Now we're at about roughly... 18,000 members and seven campuses. I love that. And it doesn't stop. (laughs) It keeps going. And it keeps the schedule busy too, right? Yes. So David speaks every weekend and I speak every weekend. Mm -hmm. We speak live in each state. Mm -hmm. So one week he's in Florida and I'm in Missouri. And the next week we flip flop and Mm -hmm. I'm in Florida and he's in Missouri. Okay. And so, um, What's the main vision of the church? What are you guys called to do through this church? Um, So he came from a Pentecostal charismatic background. Uh Um, Buddy Harrison is a hero. Mm -hmm. I mean, as soon as he says the name Buddy Harrison, you're going to hear a 10-minute dissertation about what Buddy Harrison is. And a song that sounds how (laughs) Buddy Harrison would sing. And how Buddy Harrison would raise an offering, everything. (laughs) So um, he came from charismatic uh, Pentecostal background. I came from a Catholic Baptist background. I was um, adopted when I was three by my stepdad, who had a very Catholic family. Mm-hmm. Two of my aunts are nuns. Grandma prayed the rosary every morning. Mm-hmm. And then my experience in Catholic school was uh, the priest sat me on his lap in third grade, told me he was like Jesus. I was supposed to do anything he told me to do. I went home and told mom, and we weren't Catholic anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so then we, we went to a Baptist church, and then I ended up in a non-denominational church when I met David. So I am effectively Catholic, non-dependent, caracostal. <laughs> oh, I like how you developed that. Yeah. And say it so quickly and yeah. smooth. My tongue would totally get in the way on that one. I have to think about it. Like, I have to, like read it with my eyes in the invisible air. <laughs> so that is what faith church is. Yeah. Um, we're non-denominational. We're a beautiful blend. We're called to be evangelistic like the Baptist, mm-hmm. um, but we are spirit filled to our core. Yeah. So we have it. this balance of what we do to reach the non-believer in a very non-weird way mm-hmm. and yet then introduce them to the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. 
Um, just a little side journey here. I watched a little online of the uh, revival you guys recently <gasps> had. Oh my gosh. It was so powerful. So aware of what the Spirit of God was doing here. I mean, I'm wow. shaking my head. They can't see me shake my head. I'm just shaking my head. SMH. Because <laughs> um, the power of God was just so strong. So here we are, a bunch of these non-believers. And so it happened in St. Louis. And St. Louis is a Catholic town. Really? I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. So we're about three and a half hours north of the Bible Belt. We're that odd freckle somewhere in the mid-torso. Mm-hmm. Um, 80% of the people here are Catholic. They go to Catholic high school. And then they graduate from religion when they're 18. Sure. And they go to church on Christmas and Easter like a faithful Catholic does. Right. Um, so that's the experience in our city. Okay. Um, so we are in this experience. That's why you don't see a lot of big churches around St. Louis, but you see like, you know, Springfield, Missouri is the Mecca of the assemblies of God. It just didn't make it this far North. Um, and we're working on changing that in our city. So here it happens with all these former Catholics and Lutherans and unchurched people who have never been exposed to this thing that God is doing, which was in response to the enemy's attack. Hmm. So four out of five weekends in 2019, we had been shut down because of weather and ice. Wow. And so this was our, um, our decision to fight back. Yeah. So church got canceled again on Sunday morning. And we said, not today, Satan. Yeah. We're having church on Sunday night. And then we immediately then and there instituted the policy that if we're ever shut down by weather on Sunday morning again, and we will not be in Jesus Amen. name, we're getting a prayer act together on that situation. Yeah. We will have church on Sunday night. Yeah. It's just the way it'll be. Yeah. I so love that. This was in response to attack. Mm-hmm. And it was going to last a day as far as we knew. Mm-hmm. Um, and then before we even got to it, God already spoke to David, hey, have one of your friends in tomorrow night. So mm-hmm. we knew it was going to last two days, mm-hmm. except for as we were even in that same day, as we got closer to the time, he said, no, it's going to be a three-day revival. So, okay, so we know we're going three days. Who's coming third night? Have no idea. We were just following uh. the spirit. So we show up that night and God starts moving. And the second night before anybody even preaches a girl from our church. So this is not some stranger with a story, right? This is a girl that we know. This is a girl that lived at our youth pastor's house all summer Wow. Um, with three other girls. Uh-huh. She had been in a wheelchair for six months. She wow. hasn't been to school in two months. That's how sick she's been. Wow. And that night she comes out of the wheelchair. She doesn't just stand up. She starts walking. She doesn't just start walking. She starts dancing. Wow. She doesn't just start dancing. She's walking and dancing and jumping and standing the entire two hours. Come service. on somebody. I love that. Now see, I only saw the part where she came out of the chair and <laughs> walked a little bit. So I didn't see all of it. And oh she went gosh. to school the next day. She yeah. walked into school Thank the you, next Lord. day. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. And it I was the love beginning. It. There was just yeah. miracle after miracle. Um, deaf ears opened, hearing aids coming off, yeah. being thrown into this pool of water. Thank God you, was moving on all of these Catholic people. I was walking through. The young kids were coming up to me. This is why it's so important in your church, Jesus. making your church relevant. Yep. To the young people. That's right. Because our posterity, our legacy cannot be carried out by us because we will be gone. Right. I'm, I'm old. I'm 46 years old. I think I was born in 1972. Whatever the math is. I'm, I'm old already. Right. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not cool. I don't know the new songs. I don't know what's on TV. Right. My daughter dresses me and keeps me in fashion. <laughs> but if I want to reach my daughter... Mm-hmm. I can't be, we're, we're in the world, but not of the world. Right. And we have to understand that line. That's right. Because if we are so different than the world, then the world does not understand us whatsoever. That's right. What people are not for, they are against. That's right. 
So we have to allow them to be for us Mm -hmm. and befriend us so that we can show them everything that we know. Yes. Oh, that's so good. Nobody gets naked on a first date. No. You know, you don't show up. Hey, my name's Nicole. Here's me. I'm naked. No, man, dude, be running. Right. Right. So why do we try and do that in the spirit? Here I am spiritually naked. You can see everything about me. People Mm -hmm. start running because they don't they don't know how to handle that. Right. So we have to meet them clothed, looking like everybody else. Mm -hmm. And then as we win their trust, as they understand who we are. Um, there were a lot of leaders that reached out to us and said, thank you for being one of the first, um, they, they said credible churches, but people who have a reputation for being totally normal, mm-hmm. evangelistic normal, right? to come out like just such straight throwing oil, yeah, pulling people out of wheelchairs, yeah. what, letting the, the blind are here, hearing, and people are walking, right. pe- feeding tubes are coming out, right. people are walking out of hospitals. Yeah. Um, thank you for being one of the first kind of normal, non, not necessarily known for charismatic Pentecostal to do this in front right. of the whole world. Right. And um, one of the views, the one of the Instagram posts had like 1,255 comments mm-hmm. and about half of them were negative. Sure. Like, oh, I'm sure that girl's legs weren't atrophied. I'm like, no, no, you're, her legs were atrophied. Mm-hmm. God's just that big. Right. Why do you think God could heal somebody's legs but not heal the atrophy of the legs? But I was guilty of the same thing. Right. Because there's another woman in our church, and I, I'm going to stop talking about You got me excited no, about the I revival. Wasn't. That <laughs> revival was amazing. This is great. There's another woman I know, Valerie. I know Valerie very well because her daughter, Brandy, has come to our church with her family for 11 years, mm-hmm. rides with me every other Sunday as we go back and forth because we do two of our campuses. We have four in St. Louis. We do two of them live, five live Sunday mornings back and forth, and she rides in the car with us. Her mom was shot in 2017, had open heart surgery, had her lung operated on. She had three strokes. Her son, who I think is 35 years old, was found, passed away in his home with his two and three-year-old children on top of him crying because he won't wake up. So these were even the things we didn't say on the stage in front of everyone that had happened. She had a feeding tube for four years. She had been in a wheelchair for about six months until the week before. She was graduating to a cane, but very feeble. Mm -hmm. But she was still excited because... The night before at the revival, she knew that she could start eating food and she was eating food and she was keeping it down. That was the testimony. Praise so God. she went to the doctor that next day and he said, we're taking the feeding tube out. Well, she's up there on the stage and here's how her mind gets in the way of what God wants to do. Like, well, she can't come out of the wheelchair. Her legs are atrophied. I'm like, we have to get the Valerie's testimony quick. She's not strong enough to stand up here very long. Mm-hmm. As if God can't give her strength. Right. But she's kind of shaking on the cane a Uh little bit. And we're doing other people's testimonies. And I'm trying to get my husband's attention. Like, we're going to do this one now. He's not looking at me. And it was really God. Yeah. Being like, hey, quit quit relying on what your eyes see. Right. But we walk by faith and not by sight. She gives her testimony. When she gives her testimony, there goes the cane. She throws it across the stage. And here she takes off running oh. and dancing. The person I thought wouldn't be able to stand any longer stood and danced and ran the entire rest of the service. I love it. And has since gotten her feeding too out. Amen. <laughs> oh, man. Thank you for obeying God on that one. I'm telling you, I believe it has resounding impact Mm -hmm. because if it's still out there people are still able to witness it experience it and enjoy what the spirit of god did and open themselves up Mm -hmm. to what god wants to do through them Mm -hmm. and i love that thank you guys and god's a standard set well and god had us stop the revival we're in the middle of the night that we was our quote-unquote last night of revival there were probably 50 healings 
that night and big healings. And God told us that was our last night. Mm -hmm. And people were like, why would you shut it down? We didn't, God did. Right. But he told us he was going to revisit. Mm. So we don't know when he's going to show out like that again. Right. We don't know who he's wanting to find out about it, Mm -hmm. but it's coming back. Amen. Amen. Well, I hope I know about it when it happens. We'll call you. (laughs) (laughs) I had a friend in Tulsa, pastors in Tulsa. He texted me and he said, um, I kind of used your name. (laughs) 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 It was great. He was so excited. He said, I may go over there. He said, I really feel like he's supposed to lay hands on me. And I Mm. said, do it. I'm glad to. Any friend of Cookie is a friend of ours. (laughs) (laughs) So sweet. Well, I want to talk a little bit. I don't know how many of our listeners really know your testimony. So maybe you could take a minute and share Mm. your testimony. Um, One of the things we wanted to talk about was uh, the fact that you were divorced Mm -hmm. and the experience that you went through there and the healing that was required mm-hmm. for you after that. We've been talking in the beginning of this year about soul health for our leaders and the importance of them making sure they're addressing every part of their being. Mm-hmm. And so, excuse me, I would really love it if you would maybe share a little of your testimony and how the Lord brought you through that. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the amazing thing is God uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Mm-hmm. And I say praise God because otherwise I would not qualify. Mm -hmm. P.S. God does not call the qualify. That's right. He qualifies the called. That's right. Because we forget that Paul, before he became Paul, the writer of two thirds of the New Testament, that he was Saul, the serial. He was the Ted Bundy of Christians. Yeah, he really was. That's so, well stated. <laughs> <laughs> so when people are like, well, you can't lead in the church because mm-hmm. the rest of the statement is completely invalid until I am a serial murderer of Christians mm-hmm. and worse then if Paul qualified, so do I. That's right. Because it's not man who makes the rules. It's God Amen. and his decisions are sovereign. Amen. So men that Jesus came up to Paul and or Saul and said, why are you kicking against the goads? Mm-hmm. He was just going to continue to hurt himself. Mm-hmm. And so will the people who kick against who God chooses. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes God chooses divorced people. Mm-hmm. Um, God hates divorce mm-hmm, that, sure. that, um, you know, in, in Malachi two ten, it says that God hates, is it two ten? It says that God hates divorce, but he loves divorced people. That's right. And he hates divorce because it hurts his kids. That's right. And you know, no mom nope. puts her daughter in a wedding dress, zips her up and says, Oh baby, you're going to have the best divorce ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, we say, do whatever it takes. Don't marry him. He's not right for you. That's right. Don't walk down that aisle. And that's what God is about divorce. He just doesn't want his kids to hurt. Yeah, I agree. So I walked through the uh, unfortunate uh, event in life. Um, my dad gave me up before I was born. I was adopted in the U.S. by my stepdad when I was three. Mm-hmm. I found out about it in fourth grade mm-hmm. um, by finding a picture in my mom's underwear drawer. P.S. Don't hide stuff in your underwear drawer. It's the first place your kids look when you're right. not home. Um, and then that was the year I was molested. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't tell anybody until fifth grade. In fifth grade, I told my best friend, not thinking about what does a little girl do when she has a secret? Mm-hmm. Uh, she tells other little girls. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was bullied through junior high before bullying even had a name. Right. I was just ostracized. I couldn't sit at lunch tables. I couldn't sit on the bus next to anybody. I didn't get invited to any little parties anymore. My parents knew something was up, but I wasn't telling anybody else because last time I told somebody something, it went completely wrong. Um, in eighth grade, I was raped Mm. by somebody doing community service at our school. 
Horrible program, by the way. Um, and then we moved. Okay. I never told anybody about that until I got married. Wow. Um, when we moved, I didn't realize people would like me and boys could think I was cute. Mm-hmm. So when a boy thought I was cute, I was into whatever it took to keep that relationship alive. Sure. You, you want to hold my hand? Okay. You want to kiss? That's fun. We're drinking what? I'm in. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wanted to be liked. Right. I was a, a massive people pleaser to the nth degree. Yeah. Um, and that got me to be a pregnant unwed mother at 17 years old. Mm-hmm. So if you were trying to, if you're listening to this and you were trying to disqualify me from the pulpit because <laughs> I'm divorced, you haven't even bit off the first bite. <laughs> there's um, so much more. There's so much more. Um, I have the least likely resume to be the pastor of a church, mm-hmm. but we don't serve a God who came to die for the perfect. That's right. He's the spotless lamb of God. Yep. We are the recipients of his grace and his mercy. Thank the Lord. And the reason I think he chose me is because I needed him so badly mm-hmm. that it would be hard for me to judge other people. Yeah. So who better to attract spotted sheep than a spotted sheep? Yeah. Um, so they flock to our church. We have worship leaders that used to be heroin addicts. Mm-hmm. Um, we have ushers that used to dance in strip clubs. Mm-hmm. We have, you know, y- you name it, we got it at our church and they're probably in leadership in some way, shape yeah. or form, not in their pre-redeemed state, right? but in their redeemed state exactly. with a testimony. Thank God. So, so for me, you know, when we talk about divorce, so I finally found, uh, the guy that I thought I was going to be married to for the rest of my life. And I told him several times because I'd been hurt so bad. I told him several times, whatever you do, make sure you want to marry me because I'm not getting divorced. Well, that was one of the worst things I could have done Mm -hmm. because he was formulating this plan. Right. Three weeks after we were married, he started using crack cocaine. Um, he had been using cocaine to stay awake he was in the medical industry and working double shifts and was using cocaine to stay awake they ran out of cocaine all they had was rocks I didn't know what that meant until later Mm -hmm. he disappeared my birthday weekend was the third week we were married we got married on March 25th the Waco tower gets blown up or all the Waco stuff happens and my new husband disappears on my birthday and he he doesn't come home from work on Friday until Sunday night and that's my first experience with what he was like coming down from crack cocaine, mm-hmm. which made him abusive. Mm. Um, and so we spent time in this cycle of, I'm sorry, rehab, uh, restraining order, mm-hmm. sending you to jail, assault. I'm sorry, rehab. Yes. <laughs> he used again. Mm-hmm. Our credit cards are charged up. He gets paid. He disappeared. Everything out of our house got sold. I didn't have, I came home one day and I no longer had bedroom or dining room furniture because he had sold them out of the house while I was at work that day. Wow. Um, and the Bible says when the unbelieving depart, Mm -hmm. let them depart. And I didn't lose him to another woman. I lost him to a drug. Right. And he just came home less and less and less. Mm -hmm. And then when he did come home, he came home and herniated my C7. He broke my rib. Um, it got to the point where I couldn't be with him. And I had, if you wanted to live, not if I wanted to live. And I had to lie to everybody. I told everybody I was going to Mexico mm-hmm. um, to throw off the scent. And I went to Florida. Mm-hmm. I had to work for cash. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't put you in a five-star hotel. Right. It puts you in like the five, 0.5-star hotel mm-hmm. with the roaches. Mm-hmm. And I had to work for cash. Mm-hmm. So here I was. I was a marketing director at a Fortune 500 company working in a diner for cash. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And that's when I cried out to God. Yeah. Um, I'd been crying, but not really crying out to like, God, you got to help me. Or, right. but, but it was different. I, I hit that moment mm-hmm. where I knew this is junior high. I'm alone again. Mm-hmm. I've left everything and I'm in this nasty place mm-hmm. and I need out. And God gave me the courage to come back and face my life. Yeah. Um, he did tell me, he said, I will never cut you, but I will cut off what is dear to you Mm -hmm. and near to you. And I'm going to make you tell your story, Mm -hmm. Um, which was the thing that started a lot of this cycle Mm -hmm. was telling my story. So the very thing I was afraid of Mm -hmm. was going to bury me Mm -hmm. was my tombstone was the very thing that was my stepping stone, my platform into ministry. Right. So I came back. Um, some time goes by. I meet this cute boy. He, I'm going to church with my parents. He goes to his dad's church. We meet, we get married. He's a worship leader. I'm loving church. Um, I make plenty of money and I was in the secular world. I made a lot of money. And so I had, I could afford to retire. The mm-hmm. church couldn't afford to pay me. So mm-hmm. I spent four years as a volunteer in the church, uh, full time. And that's when my, my father-in-law passed away and the church growth wow. really took off and went crazy. Yeah. God tricked me into ministry. <laughs> <laughs> and is that on him or on you? Um, yeah, he probably, I remember. So he, he, I say he tricked me into ministry, but I remember one day leaving my mom's house and I called her on my cell phone that was the size of a brick. Yes, I remember <laughs> and, those. And But it had the flip part, yes, so it was only like yes. a half a brick. Yeah. And uh, I flipped it down and I called my mom and I said, Mom, I know that I am supposed to go talk to people and keep them from the life that I have led because Mm -hmm. I never did the thing I never did was drugs. Mm -hmm. And I said, it's funny that drugs can ruin your life and yet you've never done them. Right. And I, I, I'm supposed to talk to kids, high schools. I don't know what this means, mom, but I'm supposed to help people like this. Um, well, one of the things I want to ask you is how did you, when you knew you had to step into ministry, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. how, how did the Lord help you overcome? Because I mean, we know how people judge. Mm-hmm. They get in their minds a certain expectation mm-hmm. of what leadership is supposed to look like and be like. And I'm not disqualifying that. I know we are called to a higher, higher standard, and I do believe that. Mm-hmm. I have areas I'm working on in my life right hey. now, and I totally get that. But what I mean is the, the I guess it's kind of a pressure mm-hmm. that comes from people's, assault if mm. you will I'm going to a round table tomorrow mm. huge ministry round table mm-hmm. and I'm not going to be in the room mm-hmm. I'm going to be in the other room um the guys will be in one room mm-hmm. talking ministry leadership mm-hmm. um, I'm the executive pastor of our church today we're developing a leadership team so I can step back from that role mm-hmm. um, because I'm supposed to do less work and more ministry right um but I still preach every weekend, right? Even with that role. But yet, even though I'm preaching every weekend and executively leading our church, I'm still going to be in the other room. Now, I don't say that to diminish the role of a pastor's wife at all. No, it's just not my calling, right, to do it that, that way. way. Mm-hmm. And yet, I'm still in that room mm-hmm. because when you look at me, that's where I fit. Right. Um, I was at another big, big church conference thing and they did a panel on diversity which I was really excited about because Mm -hmm. our church is probably 65 70 percent Mm -hmm. African-American in St. Louis and Mm -hmm. then 
where the rest is white. And then if you go to West Palm Beach, we're 30% Islander, black, 30% Latino, 30% white. We're just a, a complete diverse <laughs> blending pot. Um, we have socioeconomically, the guy who owns the biggest house in the state of Missouri comes to our church and will sit next to a heroin addict right. who's Jones and, and has nowhere to live. Right. So we're socioeconomically diverse. Mm-hmm. We are gender diverse mm-hmm. with two female male leader. Mm-hmm. We're color diverse. Uh, we are diverse in age. We have mm-hmm. the young people coming. We have the older people coming. Yet when I went to this conference and they did a panel on diversity, they chose skin color, hmm. but they did not look at gender. Wow. So I mentioned to one of the leaders, because I'm not shy. I don't know if you can even tell by the sound of my voice. I'm just not shy. Um, but I'm not confrontational either. Right. In the same way. So in great respect, I went up to him and I, I said, hey, I really appreciate your diversity panel. And I think you guys are very brave mm-hmm. for addressing issues that people sure. are scared to talk about. But I would have loved to see a woman on that panel because you might not think about it, but we're still fighting some of these battles. Mm-hmm. I don't think that they had excluded us intentionally. Right. I think they had not considered right. that this is still a journey for some people. Right. Um, so that person actually came back to me at another huge event that filled an arena. Mm-hmm. And they came up to me and they said, hey, I just want to let you know, I haven't forgotten what you've said mm-hmm. and we're working on it. Awesome. Way to plant that seed. It was just a couple of sentences. I love it. And, you know, love, love never fails. That's right. I think that's one of the biggest things I wanted to talk about, too, was, you know, we talked about the stigma of the, you know, divorce and being disqualified for ministry and all of that. And I think most of our uh, podcast listeners have a basic understanding of that and value that. You know, if you've heard your husband talk about my dad, Betty Harrison, any, then you know that he was one of the most accepting people mm-hmm. looked for the potential in people no matter where they were at or what they'd been through and looked for opportunities to pull them up out of that into the into their potential mm-hmm. it was something he was known for so the majority of the ministers and leaders that are going to be listening to this already have that heart and mm-hmm. already have that mindset that we don't pigeonhole people mm-hmm. that our goal is to let the holy spirit do what he needs to do in somebody and we do what our part is and that's not to judge but to help Mm -hmm. and so um anyway i guess one of the big questions i have in the situation that you experience is after what you went through Mm -hmm. how did you learn to trust again Hmm. um i would say that's still a journey today Mm -hmm. because i think ministry can do to you what life did to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Um, you have trusted donors. And when I say donors, I'm talking of time, talent, or treasure. Mm-hmm. Um, not just treasure. Right. Um, sometimes those people that get closest to you are not treasure donors, but they're time donors. Mm-hmm. Or you have a somebody on your team who's immensely talented. Mm-hmm. And they've given that talent as a gifting and using it for God. And then. Yeah. And then. Yep quote unquote, God changes their season. And then quote unquote, God's telling me to move. And sometimes he is. And sometimes he isn't. Right. And, um, a lot of times it feels like a betrayal. Absolutely. So, um, I would say I'm always working on being, having a duck's heart Mm -hmm. and that is letting the water fall off my back Mm -hmm. and yet still keeping my heart tender. Absolutely. Um, because the tendency is, especially like we have 65 Academy employees, we have like 65 church employees. So somebody's always moving around, getting sure. married or something's always changing. And so you hesitate to get close to people because you're like, 
chances of you being here for the run. Right. Now we have people who've been on staff. Like we hired one girl, one of our executive teams, we hired her. She worked at Steak and Shake for like four months. And then we hired her as a temp in 2007 it was. And so now, you know, she's been here 12 years and yeah. she's the ripe old age of 30. You know? yeah. <laughs> and yeah. we've got a lot of people on our team like that too. Mm-hmm. But there's that tendency not to think about those people. Right. You think about those folks who, oh, well, they only stayed two years or they left the church because they got in a fight with Bob and Luann and had nothing mm-hmm. to do with, with you or the staff. So you, you, what happens is the enemy attracts your attention to those people in the sure. revolving door, sure. um, whether in friendship, relationship, or marriage. Marriage works. We've been married over 21 years mm-hmm. now. And it works for, uh, thank you. And he's cute. (laughs) Um, But it works for us because I had a patient man. Yeah. um, Who was willing, he had been divorced. Mm -hmm. And I think for us, that was a good thing because we had both experienced the pain of that. Right. And instead of being like, ah, if it doesn't work out, we'll just get divorced again. Right. We were both in, that hurts so bad. We never want to do that again. We never want to do that again. So we don't have the perfect marriage. I mean, if it was easy to divorce people, meh, I'd probably divorce them every other year. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Just being honest. What marriage wouldn't? I mean, come on. We all have those years where it's like, are you kidding me? I got to keep doing this? Absolutely. Like, you're on my last nerve. What, you only have one? Uh Uh-huh, because you ate the other one. Uh Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Um, So it's not that we're still married because we're peanut butter and jelly, or it's perfect, or it's easy. He's patient with me. Mm And we're both willing to do the work and have the difficult conversations. And and here's a a key thing. Having a difficult conversation a lot of times isn't talking. Yeah. Having a difficult conversation a lot of times is listening. There you go. And we're learning Mm -hmm. to listen to each other and hear each other, Mm -hmm. not to develop our defense or our next retort to what just came at us. Yeah. And as we're learning to do that, we get along better and better and better. And our relationship is so much better today, 21 years into marriage, Mm -hmm. than it was on day one Mm -hmm. or day 365 when we were, you know, in love and, you know, dumb and in love. Yeah. Um, But it's so much better today. Right. And patience. Yeah. I would say, especially, I'm going to say, especially on his part. Um, I love that. Yeah. I'm going to keep him. I think you should. You have been listening to the FCF Leadership Podcast, where our focus is to help you achieve your destiny as a leader. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, visit our website at fcf.org.